Good morning and welcome to Crime Talk BK. This is your uh, in-studio host, Joanna Perpich, along with uh, Megan Duffy, who's joining us from afar. Megan, am, how are you? I'm all right, girl. You? I have a cold. Oh, I'm sorry. How was your work trip? Oh, it was really wonderful. I got to go to this like really awesome conference. Shout out to Creating Change. Um, Excellent. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, although I was working like 10 hours a day for like a full week and then like Oof. 12 to 14 hours a day <laughs> for yeah. like that entire weekend. So I'm like peeling myself off the couch to do anything since I've gotten Shit. back. No wonder you have a cold. Too. I know. Well, and also it was kind of funny because um, I was flying out of a major airport um, during the whole coronavirus thing, like the first mm. day of it. Because mm. we were flying out of like Dallas International Airport, flying to Newark. Don't let yeah. me, don't even get me started on why we were flying out of Newark. But, um, <laughs> and I so say, I've been anywhere near Newark Airport. <laughs> I've been making these jokes that I have coronavirus and it just reminds me of the beer. I understand that, like, you know, people have died, but it actually doesn't sound like it's. It just sounds like the flu and not even like a super bad one. It's just people can develop pneumonia from it, right? It sounds, yeah, it sounds to me that the problem is it spreads so quickly that it, it just caught them by surprise. Yeah, but I uh, guess it it's... Reminds me of, it reminds me of the SARS epidemic. Remember, yeah. remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> but I was talking <laughs> to my mother about it and she's like, more people die of mosquitoes in Texas than... And I'm like... It probably is true. I mean, we tend to live in an alarmist society these days. Well, it's good for them to get like, practice. It's going to rain today. <laughs> Stay, you know, right, buckle down. Hurricanes are coming. Oh, no. It's just rain. Or or, or like snowmageddon, like yep. 64, whichever one we're on at this no point. Mm-hmm. Oh, but how was your, how was, how was last week? I wasn't able uh, to listen in. I was on a shoot. You there? Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm here. I'm, I'm having these phone problems. So for the past four days, it was the same thing that happened last time I called in. T-Mobile doesn't tell you when they're working on the local towers by your house. Oh, so, so you're every having day, kind of intermittent. Days, yes, I've called them every day for the past four days and bitched about my service and my house. Now, I've lived in this house for four years, so why all of a sudden can I not take fucking phone calls? Mm-hmm. So they keep switching me to a new tower and everything's fine that evening, and then in the morning is a problem. But uh-huh. every day I'm getting a new credit on my account because what? <laughs> because my phone doesn't work? Yeah. That sounds so, intense. I'm just going to pace my house. Uh, yeah, I gotta, you got to find your spot. I got to find my spot, which is typically in the middle of the living room, standing up, holding my arm in the air. <laughs> oh, can I yeah. tell you something really funny? <laughs> also, it looks like we don't have any Radio Free Brooklyn announced. Okay, so what do you got this week? Oh, uh, so this is completely irrelevant, but it makes me, it makes me happy. Uh, 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 so apparently... Um, 
we now have these uh, like microphone covers for if we're diseased. I should probably be using one right now, but I'm not. And so it's just kind of like this disposable cover that you can just like stick on the mic, right? Yeah, and it, yeah they call them condoms. It looks like a condom. Yeah. And okay, maybe this isn't news to you, but when I first walked into the studio and sat down, I found this little package. I'm just like, oh my, someone left their <coughs> condom. <laughs> John Reed, what are you doing? In- <laughs> oh. Race to the bottom. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't want to go there. Okay, anyway. Oh, I'll apologize. Race to the bottom is actually person. a very wholesome show. It is a very wholesome show. I had to put a dollar <laughs> in the jar for swearing on it. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to share. I'm actually going to take a photo, and uh, I'm not entirely sure if we do have our Crime Talk Facebook page up yet. It's on my... I'm working on it. ...never-ending to-do list. Uh, but I, I'll work on it. It's cool. We need new pictures, <laughs> though. Oh, yes, I do, do have a lot more of the archive up now. Yes. Yes. Um, hold on. I'm just taking a photo right now. <laughs> Okay, on air, I'm sure everyone's, like, bored to death of my silent photo-taking skills. Oh, please. It's better than me droning on by myself. <laughs> no, I mean, but the shows went well. You were, I mean, it takes practice. Yeah. Everything's fine. It's just you, you get tired of listening to yourself talk. For sure. So. <laughs> now you know why I was so and- desperate to find a host. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> You're perfect, and I love you. Oh, you're an angel. All right. Actually, I did find the announcements. Okay. Megan, guess what this year is? Is it our fifth year anniversary? It is. Oh, my God. And we need to raise $25,000 so we can continue bringing commercial-free independent radio for another five years. I'm really excited. All right. Um, if you go to our website, uh, let me see. Oh, it doesn't even have the website on it. Okay, Radio Free Brooklyn, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. You'll see lots of fun places where you can donate. And actually, because it is our uh, fifth, sorry, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So because uh. We want to make this fun for you. We have wonderful listener challenges and great prizes. And um, for January, there is a trivia quiz to see how well you know Radio Free Brooklyn. And um, any Radio Free Brooklyn um, Crime Talk BK uh, listeners, I'll give you a free answer. You'll know when you see it. The answer is bike shop. Anyway. (laughs) yeah, so please like hit us up, donate if you if you like what you hear. We love bringing Radio Free Brooklyn to you, uh, but we are also all volunteers. This is truly a labor of love. Um, but we have one more super awesome thing for y'all, and that is you can leave a message to us letting us know why you love Radio Free Brooklyn, wishing us a happy birthday. The um, happy birthday song is, I think, no longer trademarked, so we can play it. <laughs> no, it is in the public domain. You're right. At long last. Because <laughs> we've all been chomping at the bit for it. Oh, my goodness. If I have to hear he's a jolly good fellow on a TV show one more time, I'm going to scream. 
Anyway. Uh, okay, speaking of that, sidebar, I finally watched Watchmen. Oh. Based on your description, girl. Yeah? How it was, was it? delightful. I've only seen the first episode uh, just because work's been, I needed some like Star Trek candy. Um, it was it was delightful. Uh, I watched the last episode last night when I should have been doing my research. It makes you feel <laughs> badass, doesn't it? It's so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> she shouldn't have won the Golden Globe for that role. I know. Like, night. oh, I'm getting like shivers just thinking about it. Like, th- it's just the pilot was like so powerful. I'm assuming that the rest of the show continues to deliver. Yes. Very good. Well, now I have to... I mean, to... And who doesn't love Jeremy Irons? Come <laughs> on. He's a dish. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, you. like, pulled up photos of him on Facebook, so now I'm super distracted. He's just, isn't he a dish? Yeah, he's pretty good-looking. Silver fox uh-huh. type. Um... Well, I, I'm doing like a sick rain in day, so I'm going to go home, crochet on the couch, and finish watching Watchmen. Do it. But it's actually hard, though. It's like one of those stores, one of those shows where you're just like eyes glued to the TV. Yeah, you have to watch it. You can't watch it like an ID Discovery show where you can just sort of listen to it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how was your weekend? How was your week? Uh, it's been so long since we've talked. <laughs> I know. Face to face. Work has gotten, we've wrapped up work. We're coming to the end of a discovery phase on a case. So it's been crazy. I have to work later today and tomorrow. Ooh. But at least from home. So I don't have to schlep into the office. I and love hearing about your cases, but I know it can't be public. I love no. hearing about your cases after they've been decided and have already made yeah. the news. We have not gone to trial on this one. Uh, we probably will. So uh, I will sit tight for more details. <laughs> I will bring you the updates. Of course, everything that's in the public domain. And of course, and then today I have to go. My sister's having an open house. She put her apartment on the market, so I have to go pick up her cat for a couple of hours. Oh, how, how's that? I know that you're busy painting and filling in nail holes, and yeah. We're now in the selling phase, which is, you know, whatever. She had to work. So I'm like, I'll go pick up the cat for a couple of hours and go sit in the bar with him. <laughs> sure. We'll have, um, me and you, we'll have to, I know you don't like tea. We'll find something adorable that is pastry oriented to do. To um, okay. cause I know that <clears throat> it's a little bit unpleasant with your sister moving. and It is. So. I'm sad. We'll have a cheer Megan update. <laughs> but thank you okay. for joining on the show. I know you've been kind of working double time here on Crime Talk BK. I really appreciate it. it baby, it's okay. I love doing it. <laughs> oh yeah, and as you were, why don't you give a shout out to our amazing archives that you've been working on? I have. So, thank bless you child for sending me all those links last night. We all like 200 gaps. files. Yep, we still have some gaps. Um, which you and I can address later, but I keep chugging away at it. Um, and I think 
tomorrow night, I'm going to go through my, your old episodes before I was on the show and post those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so far, so good. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I neglected uploading any archives for basically an entire year until I got like sad text messages from Tom just being like, Joanna, please, God, make my life easier. <laughs> I know. I enjoy it, though. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm driving everybody at megaphone crazy. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Do you have to do this? Can I have this? I don't know how to do this. And you got Bless that they they <laughs> switched to your your you're uploading to the correct archives, right? Because apparently there is some sort of like the one that I used a year ago is no longer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I had the, it was all in the training that I went to. Wonderful. We're on iTunes now. Wait, really? Oh my. <laughs> yes. We're on iTunes, girl. <laughs> that really just kicked up my anxiety. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's like I have to actually start sounding eloquent now. No, you do not. That's why people love us. We do not have to do that. I tried to. I was going to get us on Spotify, and then they had rules and stuff. And I'm like, I don't. We're not rule followers on this show, <laughs> so no, we're not going to do that. You know, like, there's, like, a part of me that's thankful that my career in documentary is actually starting to take off so I can quit sending these, like, sad applications to NPR being like, I have a radio show. (laughs) For real, I, like, submitted Crime Talk BK as, like, a work sample. I did not get an interview. (laughs) Well, which it depends on the episode. I do think it was one of the earlier ones. But, we send um, them our Durst <laughs> double podcast. Did you find the one. Robert Durst archive yet? I did. It's posted. Oh, God. That was like the only one that I was really stressed about. And El Tapo. I found El Tapo. Okay, great. All right. Yep. Okay, so uh, what, what have you got for us today? Um, I have a some guerrilla art that is impeachment slash Epstein adjacent. Mm-hmm. Just hysterical. I've got a couple of uh, peripheral impeachment things. The trial is going on. I just I didn't want to really cover it too much. People can watch it for themselves. It's more of the same um, about what happened at the house. I've got Weinstein trial update. Dulos, did you see the Dulos update? No, I didn't. Um, I think that's it. What do you have? So, um, I'm here bringing you hyper-local crime. Uh, let me see. We have a, a cop. I think he might be a former cop. I'll have to look into that. Who, uh, let me see, murdered his girlfriend and her two daughters. Uh, mm-hmm. We have um, another NYPD cop. No, sorry. The first one was boy. just a Brooklyn man. Sorry, okay. the first sentence was cops charged, and I like narrowed it because I knew one of these was cop related. Right. Yeah. So we have Area an NYPD man. officer who abused his son to death. That's exciting. Um, and then. Yeah, I, I didn't have the heart to read that. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's important, right? But I was definitely like, Ugh. I know. Yeah. So domestic, <laughs> we just have like a, dom- a lot of domestic violence. <laughs> Here on the show today. Um, let me see. We also have um, this like Wall Street woman who has like 
defrauded old people out of $147 million. You're going to go to hell. Um, and then, of course, um, updates on this bail reform that the NYPD is throwing a hissy fit over. And oh, sure, because the uptick in crime isn't the problem that they're not doing good policing. It's because of bail <laughs> reform. Sure. Exactly. Uh, and then to end our day on a high note, a um, very loose interpretation of a story I read two days ago where a 76-year-old woman fell some seven stories out of her apartment and survived. Okay. So I'll save my gorilla art, and you can save that one for the end so we can leave on a Somewhat less depressing. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I get it. We're doing a true crime show, but, like... I think the thing that has frustrated me is the repetition in these crimes. It's like every week someone has been raped. Every week someone has been killed by their boyfriend. It's like we need to like sit some men down, you know, and like watch men style be like, no, you need to stop. I blame the parents. <sighs> anyway, um, why don't you kick us off with... Uh, with 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 uh, some of your uh, updates. Okay, so let's start with Weinstein because the trial started this week. Uh, opening statements where, of course, the defense is out to uh, deny, discredit, distract, and delay. Um, first, they filed two new motions to replace the jury <laughs> and to declare a mistrial. Both were denied. And... Um, they, you know, so both sides argued their bit, not to go too far into depth. Um, the defense claims is that the women's accounts don't hold water and every sexual encounter was consensual because every single one stayed in contact. Every single one, all of them. Uh, the women stayed in contact with Harvey after the sexual assault occurred, which, you know, in their mind is means you know it didn't happen but in my mind and most of the other people's rational minds that it doesn't actually negate the fact that it did happen um uh the prosecutors argued about the huge power imbalance blah 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 okay so thursday started testimony and the first witness up was actress annabella scora Scoria, Scora. I don't know how to pronounce mm -hmm. her last name. She's uh, she's big in the '90s. She uh, was one of the first people to come out and claim Harvey sexually assaulted her. Her rape case is not actually uh, one of the criminal charges here, yeah, because it it was uh, negated by the statute of limitations. But the judge has ruled that previous acts under the Molyneux rule, which is prior bad acts of the defendant, mm -hmm. can be admitted. So um, to show uh, to show a pattern of predatory behavior. So she's one of these witnesses, mm -hmm. um, one of four additional, and that so she testified that he raped her twice in her apartment. Uh, I don't, uh, Harvey's defense hammered her with, you know, you can't remember the exact date. Why didn't you report? Why didn't you fight back? 
uh, fighting back. She's 110 pounds. He's mm-hmm. a six foot, 300 pound man at that point. Um, and they also played up the fact that she's an, an actress, implying that she intended to mislead the court by playing a role. You know, it's it's just disgusting. <sighs> we all know that in most rapes, it's mostly coercion and no physical force. So, um, yeah, like fight, flight, freeze. Like a lot of women when they're experiencing like such invasive trauma are just going to like freeze up, you yeah. know? They freeze and then their brain goes into survival mode and it completely disassociates. And then you can often forget what actually happened Mm -hmm. because your brain is trying to preserve you from that trauma, right? Um, Also, most victims never report, right? Mm -hmm. And many believe that they're to blame for what happened. So, and that. She, her, her rapes, both rapes, sort of fall into that she never reported. She blamed herself for what happened. You know, she froze, all those things. And so, and then after she testified, yeah. So after she testified, Rosie Perez, who's her (laughs) very good friend, took the stand to testify that um, Annabella called her and, and told her what happened after the fact. Mm-hmm. urged her to go to the police but she didn't you know they're also another she's an oscar-winning actress too right so these two women and then a third woman took the stand named carrie young uh in support of annabelle scora and then during carrie young's testimony weinstein's lawyer artha adala began this like line of questioning that was so abusive the judge had to tell him to sit down like you're done. What were the questions? Or was it just they like really, the way you said it, like very combative? It was very combative, rapid fire questions. Um, uh, and through all of that, the prosecution was objecting and he was ignoring the sustained objections of the judge. <laughs> it was just a show, right? It was just, it was just to try and make her fall apart on the stand, make her cry. Was, did she do, a, was she? How'd she do? She did fine. She did great. She held it together. Mm-hmm. That must be so hard. It was, I mean, the bravery of these women should not go unnoticed. Yeah. She, you know, like she, these, these women aren't trying to bring criminal charges against Harvey. They're trying to back up these other women's claims of bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't have to come forward. They didn't have to do this. It also came out that Harvey had a red flag list of women that had accused him of sexual assault that he wanted investigated. What? Yeah. Yeah. So there's this guy named Sam Anson who testified. He's a former senior manager, managing director of an investigative firm called Capital Solutions. Mm -hmm. Harvey contacted him in August of 2017. Um, first a call and then sent him an email with a quote red flag list including Annabelle Scora's name highlighted in red next to columns that described her as an actress and That's listed her so phone number. Um, there were there were multiple other names on the list uh, who had been 
redacted out, but the list was apparently quite long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeez. So he, okay, so Anson testified that, uh, oh, Rose McGowan was also on the list. Right. Mm -hmm. And he testified that Weinstein alleges that Rose was trying to extort him, which he's always said that, you know, discredit deny. Poor Rosie. Um, he has said he said his firm never launched a probe into Weinstein. Uh, I'm not sure why, whether they didn't get payment or whether his firm decided not to do it is unclear to me at this point. So that wraps up the week in Weinstein. And that, you know, like nothing here is nothing we didn't expect. Mm-hmm. But it's disgusting. I mean, I guess one thing that our country doesn't need to be this way, you know? And I was just thinking about, like, how you were saying that Weinstein's lawyer is very, like, combative and rapid fire with these women and trying to get them to break. And I'm like, so the um, the lawyer is acting a little bit like Weinstein. And so yeah. it's just messed up that they think that that is a winning strategy for them to do this. Like that's how how ingrained these behaviors are in our culture. And I was just thinking, it's like if we were in Norway, I wonder what would this trial look like? Not like this. You know? I also, it's also, we need to point out that Harvey does have a woman on his team too. And she was the one that actually questioned Annabelle Scoria. I mean, that's not, not right. No. As a woman, I do not know how you can look at yourself in the fucking mirror. Yeah. As a lawyer, you have a choice in the clients that you take. I do sometimes wonder what would happen if um, every lawyer was just like, no, we can't represent. Well, I guess you would get like a public attorney, right? Mm, yeah, but there's there's people like, you know, this Arthur Adala out in the world. There's yeah. a lot of other, you know, old white men lawyers just like it. I mean, look at Trump's lawyers. Look at uh, Epstein's lawyer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. <sighs> mm-hmm. it's foul it skews me out the whole thing skews me out but I am here and women need to know and I'm hoping that justice will be served yeah but there sure. are the majority of the jury is also white men so here's the hoping uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway um, I mean it just it's like, you know, like Weinstein, Epstein, clearly people in power. But then also it's like, like what I'm going to just talk about now, you know, it's like, I don't want to say, I'm not, I'm for, like, I know guys who are good, who don't do this. I thing. do too. I'm not saying all dudes are, I'm not saying. But that. I also think that the guys who are good are the ones who are they have to like fight against these norms that are being put on them. You know, mm -hmm. like, I'll, like yeah. I've like had conversations 
with my guy friends about, quote, like toxic masculinity, you know, and they're like, this is something that you have to be conscious of. There's like choices that they make daily to not act like that, because it seems like so often the the um, the standard is to um, do bad things or ignore when bad things are being done. It's hard to, and it's also hard as a woman to not make certain assumptions. Yeah. Right off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, we're taught all this stuff dating, too. We're taught all this stuff too. We're, it's ingrained in our society and it's, it's there. So even, even you and I have to fight against the norm that's put out there mm-hmm. and to not make certain suppositions about one individual, even though he's a, 60-year-old white dude who's got a lot of money. Yeah. Or also, it's like, um, I know this sounds like terrible, but sometimes I catch myself victim blaming. You know, it's like I have to like, like work towards not doing that. You know, but that's like literally what we're taught in school is like, oh, well, if you dress a certain way or if you do these behaviors, you're going to be high risk. Don't be a high risk person. Like, of course, that would happen to you. It's like, no. Well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't do that stuff, but I do realize that we as women now face the fact that we have to live in a certain box in order to not be, in order to be sympathetic if this happens to us. Well, yeah, what we consider to be high risk, right? So part of my thing is, girl, I'd never wear a skirt if I have to ride the subway. Yeah. Never. And that's just me because I don't want to be violated. Yeah. Right. So uh, in any way, whether it's an upskirt picture or whatever, I just feel so vulnerable in a dress and I can't wear them. It just makes me very uncomfortable on the subway. Mm-hmm. But why is that? It's because men are out there behaving badly, violating women in dresses on the subway. Yeah. Yikes, I never thought about that. So it's this bullshit circular argument that I I shouldn't have to change my natural yeah. inclination to want to wear a dress and it's 105 degrees outside, but I won't. Yeah. Uh, well, um, adding to the list of bad men, um, um, Jeremy Ruiz has oh, been charged. Moving around. Oh, because of your, you lost reception. Got, I gotcha. Okay, go ahead. For some reason, whenever I hear noise in the background, I'm always like, and Megan's cats just launched themselves to the ceiling. That's more than likely true. <laughs> um, but yeah, going on to this next topic, which is also pretty gnarly. Um, yeah. Jeremy uh, Ruiz is charged with the murders of his girlfriend, um, Jessica Yivet. And um, her two daughters, who are two and five. Oh. Yeah. And um, so let me see. Jessica and her two daughters. Jessica, she's 22. Um, let me see. Uh, they were, uh, their bodies were found in, the, in their East Flatbush apartment. Uh, Jessica had been covered with plastic bags, and the kids were rolled up in a carpet. And um, Jeremy Ruiz, her um, boyfriend, I think it was her boyfriend, yeah, was, um, like, in the process of um, trying to dispose of the bodies. 
Oh, God. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to... Yeah, he was the boyfriend. Um, So this is a little bit nuts. So he's 24. Um, and neighbors uh, told reporters and the police that the couple had kind of always had these like bombastic arguments. They'd been arguing outside the day of her murder and it kind of like went into the apartment where it um, clearly escalated into violence. Um, All right. So um, Jeremy, he tells his girlfriend, he kills their daughters. And uh, then apparently he goes to the super on Thursday and asks if he knows of a dump where he can um, like dump off a bunch of trash and quote, Shut he said, fuck up. right. He said what? it's heavy and it will smell. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> He's asking the super where he can hide these dead bodies. Oh my God. So apparently the super is like talking to one of the neighbors. He's just like, yeah, that guy's a creep. Anyway. So the way that it actually, um, got, um, police involved, was um, Jeremy called his dad who lives in the Bronx and told him what happened. And his dad's like, son, no. His dad calls the police, like on his son, which I think Uh is very admirable and hard to do. So thank you. Sure, sure. And the police... they, uh, he had like stabbed all of them to death, and there was so much blood that it had dripped through the ceiling. And the tenant who <gasps> lived under them said oh, that blood no. was dripping into her kitchen. Oh, I, I'm so glad you're telling me this, and I just didn't read it by myself. Like I can't. Uh, uh. It really is, and actually, the reporter did a really good job. Really, like built out the article, and I'm just like summarizing. I got it from um, the daily news coverage of this, mm-hmm. but it just gives you shivers, and it's kind of like you could hear in these comments to the reporter that all of the neighbors are just shocked. Like not so much in like the oh he was so nice, like clearly they were fighting a lot, but in like the the uh savagery yeah of the, the murder violence yeah. yeah and um so i know we don't like thinking about this but this is unfortunately common you know and um if you or if someone you know um is in like an abusive relationship or is suffering under domestic violence New York City does have a 24-hour hotline, mm-hmm. and the number is 1-800-621-HOPE, H-O-P-E. That's 1-800-621-HOPE. And um, just as a heads up to any of our listeners, if this does apply to you, um, the uh, most dangerous time when, le- when leaving an abusive partner is when they when you're about to leave and then maybe like the month after you've left uh, because yes. the abuser Within, feels like yeah, you're losing control. Months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Did there's, she, do we, was she trying to leave? Is that what was happening? It doesn't sound like it. I'm sure more details will come out, you know, as yeah. the investigation continues. Nobody mentioned anything like that um, in the article, you know, so okay. it's unclear. 
Um, but also there are people out here who will support you. So um, there's this hotline. You know, there's others. Um, you know, it's we want everyone to be safe. Yeah. I mean, if you uh, send me an email, if you need help, I'll research some stuff. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Like we're totally on your side. Like no questions asked. We won't. We won't doubt you. Or like there's there's safe houses you can go to. There's other resources. Yeah. Just be safe and be smart about it. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think that must be the most stressful part. You know, like I've definitely been not in like that type of situation per se, but like where I've been like very anxious about. Like I got doxxed, which is oh, quite God. different, but it also it's like you feel like you have like no privacy all of a sudden, and you feel almost like paranoid and anxious that it's like how much do these people like know about me? yeah, you know that's scary, yeah, and I mean, mine was actually fairly like mundane because I was like kind of on top of it, and like it was like my information had gotten out a little it was like purposeful but not intending harm. And that was bad enough. So I can't even imagine what it's like for people who are being like targeted by like alt right red pill nut jobs. Just a violent predator. Yeah. But anyway, You've got a bead on them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know, like, hit us up. We'll we'll do what we can. Um. Call this uh this hotline. They can connect you with resources. And uh, just, uh, you know, like, know that we're on your side. You're not alone. Nope. Not alone. So uh, so what other super heavy, sad <laughs> news okay. do you have? Speaking of murdering husbands, let's talk about Fotis Dulos. Okay, so he's the murder suspect in the killing of his estranged wife, Jennifer Farber Dulos. And on Thursday, he was placed on strict house arrest after violating the terms of his release on bond. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Connecticut State Attorney General Richard Colangelo said that on January 17th, Dulos made an unapproved stop on uh, Jefferson Crossing which is the road where he lives, to remove items from a mens- from a memorial to his slain wife. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he defaced a memorial to his dead wife. He sounds now, so innocent. Oh, this guy's a fucking gem. Okay, so he had permission for three stops to make on this particular trip when he was outside of the house. But this fourth stop was unauthorized. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, his defense attorney, Norm Pattis, argued that the memorial is not an ordinary memorial, but is designed as a means of taunting Mr. Dulo. Yeah. <laughs> it was placed on the street by members of at least one Facebook group dedicated to discussing the case in which some members have called for flowers and other items to be placed directly on the Dulos property. I mean, I feel like flowers is like a pretty normal thing when somebody dies. I mean. 
It is like a little bit. I'm I'm in like a lot of these like Facebook groups, and I never do any real world actions unless I actually know something personally about the case. So right. that gives me a little bit side eye, but also like I don't think this is meant to taunt him. It's meant to honor the woman that he likely killed. <laughs> Well, if he thinks it's there to taunt him, that just definitely displays the kind of narcissist he is, right? There's going to be a really good crime, um, like, docuseries. Oh, yeah. About There's going to be one. Because we still haven't found Jennifer's body, the poor soul. Yeah. Also, so the judge was clearly annoyed, and so this is strike two against Dulos, because this is the second time he was back in court. The first was in September when he was chastised by the judge for not keeping the batteries in his GPS tracking device properly charged. Now, who have we heard that from before? Oh, I don't know. Weinstein? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. You win the prize. <laughs> uh, he, was also, he also briefly crossed into New York State, which he was not supposed to do, but blamed it on his Waze app, giving him the wrong direction. Again, I'm not taking any responsibility for anything that I do. It's almost as if the rules you, don't apply if you, you have enough money. How long have you lived in fucking Connecticut? You know how to get into New York State. Come on. I guess also what? I was thinking about like... <sighs> apologize for yawning on air um but you know there's like a ton of people of color who are arrested who are not like given this many options when bad things happen when they like break their their uh their stuff their bond parole i mean yeah like there's other people out there that are suspected of murdering their wife they don't have this much money they're just rot in jail until the trial yeah which I'm kind of fine with. Thank you. Well, I'm fine with this guy running in jail until this <laughs> trial. So now, yeah. So now he's on strict house. Like, he cannot even leave for work anymore. No more leaving the house at all for him. Oh, poor Because baby. he just couldn't stand the flowers to his wife. Yep. Well, anyway. That's disgusting. Um. Yep. So... In the interest of time, I was thinking of doing my lighthearted one. Go for it. Everything else depresses me. You know. I do. Megan, you yeah. did me wrong not being in the studio today because this is the perfect opportunity for a tall boy. Oh, girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got you next weekend. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I feel so sad now. Okay, so. I'll bring I have, some champers next weekend. So, okay, so I have um, <laughs> a very poorly researched article because I'm doing all of this from memory from a t- from an article I read while, like, cooking dinner last night. Okay. Um, but I got the headline right. All right, so a 76-year-old woman fell out of her window, fell seven stories from her, I believe she was in Manhattan apartment, and survived. And not only did she survive, but she didn't even get a head injury. Okay, question. There's so many. Rhetorical. Okay. Rhetorical. 
who the fuck falls out their seventh floor? Like, why? She's. How does she fall out the window? So that is both a legitimate question, and I think it has like a somewhat believable answer. So this <clears throat> poor woman had just had like back surgery about a month ago, so she's pretty slow getting around. Again, seventy six years old. Um, okay. <clears throat> so her friend was over at her apartment helping her out. And the apartment had gotten really hot because it's New York in winter and no landlord ever knows how to work a thermostat. Uh, so her friend, um, she had like, you know, like those windows that go down to the ground, I think, or something. And they like opened okay. it a crack just to let some air in. But this uh, woman was like, oh, no, I'm still so hot. So she goes to the window to like lean out of it a bit and get more of a breeze. And so she's trying to like open the window and it's kind of hard. She kind of loses her balance because also of like back surgery and she's <coughs> old and she falls out her window. Oh. Yeah, so I think it was legitimately kind of um, you know, like if Abbott and Costello had done this, it would have been very funny. Yeah, this sounds more like a Lucy and Ethel thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad she's okay. But the way that she's okay is brilliant. All right, so underneath her apartment is one of those, like, produce stands. Oh, <laughs> she bounced into the produce. It was so Yeah. <laughs> so there's actually an awning on the second floor of the apartment building. So she hits the awning, and that slows her down a bit. And then she falls on top of all these, like, vegetables. And they break her fall. Saved by the kale. Like. <laughs> so good. Indiana Jones up in here. I know, right? Um, so she broke some bones. I think she had like a punctured lung. Like she's, it's not like she just like bounced up. Uh, but no. the article was just so amazing because they talked to her friend and her friend's like, oh, well, we had like the radio on. I didn't even hear her fall out at first. And then I realized that she, <laughs> and she like looks out the window it. and her friend is just sprawled out on this like stand. And she's like, I thought she died. So she like runs downstairs into panic and her friend is like trying to like hobble up with like the help of, of like this like pedestrian. Oh my God. And so they so... call the ambulance and uh, so she's recovering at a hospital. And it's like, I don't know. It's like when you're that old, like this can actually be like pretty bad, but like it sounds oh, like she's. Oh, no, that's a delightful story i'm yeah. glad she's okay i mean she's and now in... <laughs> she can sit with her friend and laugh about it i really hope that she has a full wonderful recovery and i was also this i might have just made this up but i swear to god in this article this woman was saying that she used to be like a burlesque dancer in france or something <laughs> before retiring to new york so good and that's like one of those details i get stuck in my head where i'm like for sure, I couldn't have made that up. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know where that would come from if you had made that up. Did you want to be a burlesque dancer in France? <laughs> but, oh, um, so yeah, so that, that was delightful. Uh, what's your, you said you had something that was kind of lighter hearted. Oh, hang on. Moving around. Um, I lost you again. We can hear you. Okay, I got you. Lighthearted well, stories, so go. With the condom. Um, okay, so I have some gorilla art. 
that I find absolutely delightful. And I'm also going to try and get you back on the There you are. Okay, so there's a new gorilla plaque at Epstein's former Upper East Side mansion that's been put up to commemorate a massage that Alan Dershowitz does not deny receiving at the location. Yep. It's so good. <laughs> the plaque says, I kept my underwear on during the massage. I don't like massages particularly. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture of Alan Dershowitz. It's so good. That's awesome. The plaque I have to look was put up. up by a comedy duo called The Good Liars, who have previously put up mocking advertisements in the subway about Rudy Giuliani and Michael Cohen. They're called the one of them is called the Crazy Rudy ad, and it's this it's this, pla, this picture of Rudy looking all crazy, wide eyed, surprised, and it says, "Need a lawyer? Call Crazy Rudy. Back channel deals, cable oh. news appearances. Have no shame. We'll work for free. CrazyRudyLaw.com." <laughs> and they actually recently had them translated into Ukrainian. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, it looks like it was taken down. Yeah, some of them took them. Well, the plaque was taken down? No, the website. Yeah, so I got this information from Gothamist. Um, Anybody who knows who Alan Dershowitz is, if you've been... Oh, this is so terrible. They have a... um... He He represented OJ, he represented Epstein, and now he's on Trump's impeachment team. Just so we're clear. So some of the other um, old rich white guys. Some of the other things uh-huh. on this. It's you said. Okay, so are they the Good Liars? Is that who it is, or the Good the Good Liars is a comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. group that yeah, and so, so they, they do these sort of um, political satire uh, plaques and ads and whatever and they're and they do it in reaction to the news so keep an eye out because they're all over in new york city so they have some really great ones they have these book covers of don jr that says daddy please love me and then um let me see they have the exorcism of ted cruz yes girl ted cruz's dad was the zodiac right oh my god (laughs) Apparently, protesters so try to perform an exorcism of Ted Cruz. They, like, held this cross up while he was speaking and, like, kind of throw it at him. Anyway. No, yeah. That's not how exorcisms work. But, yes. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Good try. Good try. More holy water. More holy um, water. <laughs> well, I think that's all for this week, ending on a high note of uh, New York City silliness. God bless our artists. I know, right? Uh, well, um, that's all for this week. Uh, join back in. Um, we are next week. We're here every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon. Uh, Crime Talk BK. Where you can hear all of your the- murders and subway crimes. I'll be in the studio next week. So we have to deal with my phone issues. Actually, your phone really, it's fine. I think it's more of an inconvenience on your end than anything else. Because you're coming in clear for yeah, us. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but thank you, uh, loyal listeners. Um, have a wonderful weekend. All right. Later days, babes.